Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. to the Inspired Evolution and it is such a treat to be here today. Today we have the vibes from someone very special, someone very sweet and very tasty. It's Pana Babonis. Pana, how are you? Oh, awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you for uh, making me hold the space and being here and allowing me to talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so now you're, uh, now you're putting things in people's ears instead of people's mouths. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's really a pleasure to have you here. <laughs> For those tuning into Pana for the first time, um, Pana founded Pana Organic. Um, it's uh, it's in Melbourne, Australia. Um, he set it out with the intention of creating uh, rich, luxurious chocolate that basically go all around the world um, that people could enjoy. But uh, it started quite humbly. Like uh, I think the story goes, Pana was uh, on his scooter delivering one bar at a time around Melbourne, and uh, and now like yeah, literally the vision is uh, is being made manifest. He's a uh, the, the chocolates are literally all over the world. And I think uh, a big moment where I had a little drop in, which was like, oh, I really got to get in touch with Pana and have this conversation is uh, I was on a flight uh, back to Australia and um, in my flight, they served Pana chocolate. And I was like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> and uh, I think that's uh, that to me was a really inspiring place to start the conversation. And I'll, and I'll just start with that is, you know, we see this chocolate thing um, definitely that's going on. But when I was in my, when I was in the airplane, you know, there's airplane food is not the healthiest, most word conscious into the equation, conscious thing. And here I am, you know, introduced to a pana bar on the plane. And for those listening into, you know, Pana's chocolate is completely vegan, dairy free. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's not heat, nothing's heated above forty two degrees, so it's nice and raw. Um, tell us more about the intention behind what you're doing. Oh, the intention, the intention. It's quite simple. I mean, you know, to be simple, I I started it to fill up some time. I, I started the chocolate as a place to muck around because I had a 
kitchen. I just wanted to work in it. But you know, it, it obviously goes a lot deeper than that. It, 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 it stems from from a childhood. You know, we had a beautiful, absolutely amazing relationship with food. You know, mum and dad migrants you know they came across here to make a better life for themselves and you know their offering was food so i had a beautiful absolutely gorgeous relationship with food and, and i'm still to this day never have a bad meal from mum i love that guy. <laughs> I the, the care you know you know it's, it's never it's always a feast and it's just like, so it's always continued from that and um you know dad always grew veggies at home backyard so i always had my hand hands in the ground and always, you know, sort of feeling that I needed to be there and, and you know, nurse the plants and, and watch them grow and really harvest their own food. So it really was, it started from that, I think. And, uh, you know, but then, you know, you fall into this trap in your 20s and, you know, really, you know, there's a lot of programming that I had to undo. And sort of wasn't until the 30s, early 30s, but I said to myself, oh, I really want to do and put together all my learnings and, and, and change, change how I've been doing things, really. And, um, you know, I always had a passion for slow food. I wasn't into... Uh, I wasn't a vegan necessarily right at the beginning of Panna when I started thinking about the idea, but I was really into my slow food. So I was all about, you know, slow cooking your meals for a couple of hours in a wood-fired oven and really getting all those beautiful flavours and that intensity coming out. You know, it's just like, is there a European coming out of me? You know, the hands of me. <laughs> yeah, but all the nutrients that come from are, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> so, so and then, you know, I was, uh, I sort of had my first 10 or 12 years in hospitality and I'd come out of that and even though I'd, I'd been successful potentially in some people's eyes from a financial, I felt unfulfilled in a lot of ways and it was felt like I was just doing things for the sake of it, not really understanding why I was doing it. So I really took a bit of a sabbatical and in a couple of years where I just stood back and, and assessed myself and I, had, I was involved with some commercial cook, cookery schools at the time and I had a, had a kitchen and I thought... I got. I got to do something. I really love the old trades, the artisanal way of life. And you know, I came. I watched the movie Chocolate and got a bit of inspiration to do that. And, you know, I came across another raw chocolate. And I, thought, wow, I can really make something out of this. It really just felt right. And uh, you know, in short stories, I jumped on a plane, went to London for a couple of days, went to Belgium and worked with some traditional chocolate makers, and then just came back and locked myself away for about six months. Um, playing around with different recipes and at that point I really had started um, understanding essential oils as well so I really had a good connection with essential oils and, and that sort of therapeutic benefit from, from them and you know I started making chocolate and you know, putting it in these little brown boxes which I call market boxes and, and I was driving my best because I was conscious of the environment and, 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 and the impact that we have and you know I'd go around to some of the stores and you know the, you know South Melbourne Passion Foods, because that was one of the first stores. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. And, you know, we put the boxes in. I said, minimum 100 grams. That's all I put on there. And I said, oh, I don't know, make me an offer. I don't know what, what it's worth at that stage. And we put them in there. And the response was, was, was growing. And it was, you know, people were connecting with them. You know, obviously, I was, you know, making them out of ice cream molds, cake molds, anything, any tins that I had, I was making the chocolate in there, freezing it, setting it, and then, you know, selling it. And then at, at one point, um, you know, because the, the texture, Different. I thought, oh, you know, like I kept on working, 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 and I just got to launch it. Once was so good, and you know, cut a long story short, I think I got to about twenty-two customers where I had created the, the Panna chocolate box. Uh, twenty-two customers where I'd, I'd make the product, wrap the product, deliver the product, and manage the thing. I couldn't grow any. I couldn't do any more. It was just like taking up all my time. So, and then, then I went to you know a state distribution, and then uh, you know that's, that's what, July was twenty-two customers, and I went fully state, and then by by September, I'd gone national. And I thought there was a, a, a gap in the market. I thought there was, um, from the entrepreneurial side, I think there's really an opportunity there. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, very cliche, but the, but the rest is is history. But uh, you know, still a lot of learnings during those processes. And uh, but it's been like an absolute dream um, journey. You know, you talk about yeah, you were on Virgin and Virgin, you know. Like that, really coming on board and and, and supplying, and you know, we, we do criticise airline food quite often. But you know, you know, when you sort of start working closer with some of these big players, I mean, I was fortunate enough to to go with uh, to one of to Luke Mangan, who uh, writes the um, the Virgin menu, and you know, you've got a test kitchen. Now, still, even though we might think the food is really bland, so much still effort and time goes into that, and to try to make it what it is. And you know, they even test wine. And Sommelier was there and they were talking about flying from Sydney to Perth just to test what you know a four-hour, five-hour flight would do to the wine. So it's all about after this, but it just yeah, it gets challenging for them. But uh, yeah, we're grateful for all that, all our partners that have come on board, and Virgin's being one of them. You know, we've got the the major retailers in, in Australia, but you know, you know where we started, we started off with about three and a half thousand. Uh, you know, mum and dad operations, little independence, and and that were really the big assets. And you know, it's not only the team that are behind the product. Yeah, I created the product, I put my name on it, but that's as far as it goes. You know, the success has been from the team. It's been from the retailers that have supported us and spread the word around. You know, they're they're the ones that have made it possible to where we are today. And you know, and even in in, in overseas, and you know been fortunate enough to have you know some, some good celebrities follow us as well and try the product and uh, connect with it uh, but you know it is about the experience and that's what we try to create with Panna so it's, you know it's critical about the touch points and you know it's, it's it's again it's that whole life journey of my how I've grown up with that love of food that experience that connection and that's what I wanted to continue with Panna. Oh thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> I, <can bring>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. There's a, there's a couple of things in there that uh, I really want to touch on. Um, yeah. Uh, the first thing I want to go to is intention that you refer to. Um, you've got each individual block is hand-wrapped, you know, and then when you open it up, the texture of your chocolate is so unique. And so you've kind of like that intention and that care. Um, I know that, you know, a part of it is also bringing – you know, organic food because it's like the intention is to keep it organic, make sure it's vegan, make sure it's gluten-free. So it's accessible to everybody, but it's also like even though chocolate is something dirty, you've made it the cleanest, like, you know, dirty, but like sugar is normally like quite unhealthy for you, but you've like used raw cacao. It's really healthy. Like the intention behind that, were you are you trying to bring more and more people to organic food awareness or like what's going on back there? Absolutely. I mean, for me, it's, it, it, I mean, the, the philosophy behind that as well is like, it's simple. If, if I don't want, if I don't eat it, I don't want to serve it. So mm-hmm. for me, it's serve. And, and it is, it's, it is the whole experience. I mean, you know, there's enough products out there that you know it's, humans never touch them from start to finish. I, you know, I just didn't want another product. I wanted that, you know, I wanted that experience. I wanted that, I wanted that, those touch points, you know. From the moment you touch the cardboard, I wanted to, be able to feel that okay, this this feels quite organic. So the texture of, of the of the box was very important. And then when you, when you you know initially we had flaps because we we, we couldn't actually feel it, we couldn't afford a machine. But now we have you know a machine that actually seals the box. But you know when you when you open it, that even that seal is edible gum, by the way. But you know for us when you pull it out, I wanted it to feel like hey, a robot hasn't put this together, a machine hasn't put this together. There's actually been some care and love that. 
people have wrapped the product, and you can see it. There's no two bars that are exactly exactly the same. And I said, yeah, I wanted that feeling. I wanted that experience. It's very important for me. It's a lot of the feeling and experience. And you continue that. Well, then hopefully, you know, when you open it, there's a hidden message, and we alternate between our chocolate bars. You know, love your insides or love the earth. And and then from that, hopefully, you finish with a with a pleasant experience of you know the chocolate melting in the mouth, and immediately you get all these explosion of flavors. So it was really sort of every step was sort of considered. To be- Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, I really love that. It's like the humanness, you know, you're bringing that back and it's almost, uh, excuse the pun, but wonder if that really is the recipe for your success. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's before when you were sharing, uh, I want to dive into, you know, you said there was um, kind of like a trap in your 20s. Um, can we talk a little bit about that? Like what was it that you were referring to in terms of, you know, you finding, you know, yeah. Get married, have kids, buy a house, don't live your life, save everything. <laughs> That is the quickest I've had it put together ever. <laughs> I think the only thing you were missing was the fence. <laughs> I think the only thing you were missing was the white picket fence. <laughs> right. <laughs> So what, um, what prompted, like you said, you went away on sabbatical for a couple of years. Um, you know, what, what was the prompt for you to like walk out or start questioning the trap? Most people are quite in the trap and they can't do that. We were, you know, almost, you know, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, we've got to take responsibility ourselves. But, you know, with, with all the programming, it's sort of, it's, it, money isn't everything. And money is, you know, people say, yeah, it can it can bring some happiness, but it doesn't make happiness, right? You know, you still got to create it. You know, yes, I I love the hospitality industry, and yes, I was in it because I was naturally gravitated to it, and there was something that was always drawing me to it, but potentially not doing it for the right reasons. That, that you know, that when I, when I was in the more in the in the cafe scene in the restaurant scene, you know, first the intention was to get in there and, and fulfill my own want to be self-employed because I've been you know twenty years old. I've, I went out on my own. I always knew I wanted to be self-employed, but it got to a point where then it, all that, it, the initial intention of, of going in there and running a business for me flipped. It almost felt like I was there to prove to others that I could make it. Mm. So I was wanting to make money, be a bit of greed, a bit of everything. And, and I had to undo all of that. Well, okay, I want to do something for me. I want to 
run it and operate in a way that I can be friends with everyone. I can I can be on this awesome journey. I can keep you know and retain staff for, for the whole duration or, or work with the same suppliers. Like uh, we've still got some of our initial suppliers when we started six, seven years ago with a chocolate when it comes to the packaging and, and some of the ingredients. Yeah, we've had to move on with others, but majority we tried to keep this amazing journey and those who support us as continuous. You know, it's not about you know, penny pinching and looking at, you know, yes, we have to be efficient. Yes, we have to look at, you know, some of our measures. But, you know, it's just really just undoing all that, um, that that first initial wave of self-employment and how business should be, you know, some people perceive it as it should be done um, to, to where how I wanted to operate and how I felt and feel from operating that way. But still, you still make mistakes even though you take those learnings. You still make mistakes in these uh, in the current environment, but you know you're always learning, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And you mentioned also another thing, like you know everything that you're going through has been, um, you know, obviously your name is on the top. Of it. You keep referring to the team is a big part of it and the co-creation of everything going on. Um, I'm really inspired by that because every year you go out and plant at least ten thousand trees as well. So like, there's really a massive community aspect to Pana. And once again, like the plant the trees you know <clears throat> i think one thing that is really um knowing like having a similar like social circle where my friends know your friends um it's you know a lot of uh, organizations if we may put it that way uh, i don't want to use the word greenwash but like there is the idea of like you know, a public branding thing like if we plant some trees it'll look good for the organization whereas those that really know yourself and the work that you're doing you know that was it's like, a, no, 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 it's not a, like, it's just, you know, we give back because we're like, we're getting so much from nature, the cacao comes from nature, the elements come from nature and just really bringing that people back to nature and like the planting of the trees is just an added extension to that. Can you speak that a little bit and tell us what's going on in and around that and your intentions? The first, first couple of years, um, we didn't even mention it externally. I mean, the, the tree planting came along, it was interesting because it always, I always love, you know, I was my love birds, love bees, you know, so it's got this connection. I mean, obviously, down that sort of vegan space, I got to admit, I did grow up having birds, and so I love, I love birds all my life. And, um, you know, I nursed them and, you know, I bred them at some stage, but uh, understanding where we are today, I don't do that obviously anymore, but it's always had that connection. And, you know, and it came to my, you know, sort of, Realizing more, you know more and more about you know nature and life and, and the love of, of, of Mother Earth is that um, it, it was coming to my fortieth and um, I said oh, I really don't want anything else I've got enough enough of everything yeah those close to me that wanted to offer something just please let's here's here's a contact let's just buy some trees and I think um, for my fortieth we, we got to about thirteen hundred trees I had about twenty closest friends mum and dad were there. And we just planted, and it was the best day ever. We were just at it in Hillsville, Kim Lake down there, and we, we just planted the trees. And mum, you know, mum was just heading the, the, the team, planting trees. She felt like she's you know, been reborn. And I thought, wow, this, this is huge. And so, so, you know, at that stage, I already started Panner as well. And I thought, oh, you know, I've got to do more with this. And for the first couple of years, we planted trees. We, we put money up to plant trees through Pana. We just didn't advertise it. It wasn't until one of my mentors said, you really, you know, you should use this to your advantage and really what you're about. Um, and, you know, a bit of reluctancy, and that's when we let everyone know that, you know, we do plant trees and our intention is to plant 
you know, more than the previous year. And I think we're up to about 60,000 trees now that we've planted as a business. Um, and we want to continue that journey. And it is our way of giving back. We, we try to lead the way with what we utilise as a sustainable, whether it's our packaging and all that. And we're always improving and there's areas still to improve. Um, but what we know and what I know and what I feel is that uh, planting trees is like this beautiful, beautiful gift that just keeps on giving. Because you go from one year to another and they go from waist height to, you know, shoulder height and it's absolutely beautiful. And when, you know, you're building, um, you know, all these habitats for, for wildlife, um, it's, it's absolutely, that's inspiring in itself and it's just, yeah, it's a beautiful connection. So something that I want to connect and, uh, you know, even if the business, you know, has some lean years, you know, I'll, I'll personally fund it because it's really important to me. I love the integrity behind all of that. And so the question that I have then is, you know, like in sure many stages along the journey, it would have been easier not to have edible gum as glue for the packaging, you know, it'd be easier to not hand wrap the chocolates. It'd be easier to not have to go out and plant all these trees. So what is the real like inside? Like why is this pushing you forward? It feels right. It's 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 natural. Um, you know, we will always look at improvements, and and if, if I can find a, a, a better solution, even even for the for the wrapping, you know, and if, if if I feel that hey, it can then go to the next level for the um, environment, you know, I, I will consider that. Um, you know, but if from my perspective, uh, it's just part of the journey. It's the way it started. It's the it's the integrity behind the business. It's it's the feeling. It's just the continuation. And, you know, if it works, people connecting with it. I don't necessarily just want to change it either. So it's a, it's, a, it's just a combination of, of things. I think I think I've answered your question. <laughs> yeah, you have, you have. It's uh, I'm, I think the the premise of the question was one the easy path. You know, when there's so many people that have walked in in front of you doing like easy packaging, easy getting that, be so much easier to create business and send out these top cars all over the world as opposed to like individually hand wrapping taking the time to pull teams of people together to plant trees and go through all this work you know why not why avoid the easy path to what feels good kind of what you said i mean in the nutshell that would be the same as the others you'd be doing no difference really um you know it really was the whole intention but also the whole experience that we wanted to continue that is, is there like a social responsibility that you kind of speak to in in and around that then uh i mean the trees is what our biggest social responsibility we are looking at um you know some of the items that we're looking at uh, where we buy our cacao from in peru we're looking at more local social responsibilities there um you know so um i'm hoping hoping to get out there this year and um uh, meet some of the growers, but more importantly, meet some of the local communities and really yeah, back directly, you know. Um, you know we're, we're at a point as a business where it's a little bit larger, um, so we, we, we can actually have more of an impact going directly. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, so tell me more, along your journey, there, um, what would be the advice? Like, is there anything you wish you knew years ago that, you know, you kind of know now? Is there advice that Pana would give his tenure? For myself, I, yeah, lots of advice. You know, there's always lots of learning. Yeah, you know, I didn't come from a, a, an experienced FMCG background. I come from um, beautiful, beautiful parents, very humble parents. Um, so backing myself 
um, you know, the, I think where we are currently, we're, we're in a city, which is not probably the wisest uh, business move, but we've got three locations because I never backed myself that it could get this big. So let's take on, keep on, you know, taking on the next warehouse, the next warehouse, the next warehouse. Not the most economical. And then when we talk about <laughs> where we can improve, that dirty area is that we're going to make some changes and improve, um, in, you know, maybe more regional or more suburban um, so we can you know, have a larger warehouse and not pay, you know, huge rents and all the rest of it. You know, but that's lovely. Um, the other big one advice that I always always say with Bill is, uh, you know, the intention was always to, to really, you know, take not only myself and, and some of the suppliers, but some of the team on a journey um, and, and, and try to retain them throughout the whole journey. Um, that's great as an intention, um, but sometimes it can be challenging. It can be challenging because the skill set people, and even myself, we all reach a ceiling. And putting people in positions that not necessarily are qualified or have the expertise can actually become, increase your own workload and become a little bit frustrating. Um, and there's some of the learnings, I mean, um, that I can take. CFO, bring on a CFO a lot earlier in the, in the business. Um, you know, again, promoting people into, into the bookkeeping accounts role. But, you know, when you sort of hit this critical mass and larger volume, brings an expert internally, uh, really make sure your numbers and your percentages stack up is, is another one. Um, yeah. And even though I've advised this, I haven't got all those areas right yet. So. <laughs> the journey continues. <laughs> no, I really appreciate that. I appreciate the insight. Really valuable. And uh, so what is um, what inspires you the most at the moment just to continue with uh, the fans behind the, the Pana Chocolate Wave or... You know, like what keeps you um, keeps you up and running and inspired to continue to grow this? Yeah, it is. It's. it's I mean, what keeps me up? It's. It's. It's massive. I mean, for starters, my, my kids. My kids keep me inspired every day. Perspective. Um, the opportunities that are still there. Um, we've recently moved from Panna Chocolate to Panna Organic, um, and that was. Because of the journey, and we, you know, even meeting Zach, the founder of Zebra Ice Cream, who's, you know, I met him on, you know, you know I don't know if you've ever met Zach, he's just an amazing individual, you know, the aqua green hair, and he had a massive hat on, and he's on an ice cream cart, and he was selling the ice cream, and from, you know, one of, we, I think we're at the uh, Sea Shepherd uh, Festival, and uh, he was selling the ice cream, I was selling the chocolate, we connected, um, you know, and since then he's come aboard and, and, and joined um, the panel, and we've brought the ice cream on board. So from my, my perspective is like what Panna Organic can now do. So now we've got the chocolate, we've got the ice cream, we've got ganache. We want to launch a couple of other products. We've had, um, in, during our journey, we've had like the retail stores. Um, so we've got some cakes that we want to potentially launch. We want to do all these things that um, we, we've dabbled in, mm. dabbled in. Now we've got the distribution network commercialising it. Uh, commercialising our ethos, um, you know, the, down that gluten-free, organic, you know, I won't touch anything that's not vegan. So continuing that, that journey. Um, so that, that's what excites me, actually. And, you know, you know we, I, said, I said this to one of my employees yesterday. I said, as long as the business doesn't become too corporate I'm still here at the helm. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't run it. But, yeah, so it's finding that balance. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. And uh, yeah, again and again, just the one thing uh, I, I'm in complete awe of is, you know, now that it is ice cream and like you said, cakes, it's like, it's the foods that will probably be the most challenging, you know, it's the foods that, you know, the glutton in you, 
gravitates towards the unhealthiest version and you're taking time to clean up all the ingredients or find the natural, naturally clean ingredients behind that and enlighten people that, you know, food that is really good, like that is really good tasting can actually be, you know, like from a good source and good from a pack of like refined sugar and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and what, I, what I'm finding out in the marketplace is like, you know, I think the majority of the businesses set out with the right intention. Uh, and then it gets to, you know, and those of yourself who probably relate to this, you, you hit these lines and, you know, and, and you start looking at it, you know, you, your overhead starts to grow and everything else. And you start to look at where you can cut costs and where you've gone and you've made a product in your own kitchen and you've started with it. You've shifted it to a lab. So then you're asking the lab, how can I make this cheaper? Hey, easy. Put 300 ingredients in there with 400 and it tastes the same. Right? It's like, so it's like no, we're not going to go down that path. We're going to keep it that four or five, you know, six ingredients and let the ingredients be the heroes and not compete with each other. Because sometimes, you know, even with the chocolate, when I first started, you know, you, you got, you know, you had it. Greatest competing, you know, to be the hero where you need some harmonious uh, harmony, harmony between the ingredients. So for us, it's like, you know, and, and in what that's done, and with the marketplace at the moment, it feels like people understand organics uh, and understanding them more and more, and they're gravitating to it. And, it's, and whether it's, it's social media has had that influence, and, or especially has had an influence down the vegan part, but um, it's that they're actually willing to pay that little bit more. Because, you know, Pay the farmer a little bit more. Pay now, hopefully, pay the, the farmer fees less later. You know, so the one way or the other, gets you right. So, so I really feel that you know we're we're in this era and this time where you know the, the consumer is is really more conscious of what they're ingesting. So paying that little bit more for it, I think um, you know, it's comfortable. So tell me a little bit more about that because that was going to be my very next question is like I think the market is becoming more conscious in its consumption but I know some part of what you're doing would have been um, not just in response to uh, conscious consumption but also trying to promote conscious consumption. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, you know, you see, you, see it, you see it all the time and you see it in any supermarket. Oh, now people are, you know, lifting up nutritional power and reading it. It really... Are, uh, there are awakening of, of, of what they're ingesting, and I think where we everyone in the past with what we were being told and marketed to, I think there's a real big element now. Of, okay, let's just let's just challenge this and just have a look into this a little bit deeper, and, um, and and we're finding that. And you know, and you look at the the movement. There there is you know half an organic stores. You know, they, fifteen years ago um, there wasn't many around. You know, ten years ago started popping up in the last five years. There there are in every street, um, yeah. and you look at the two biggest retailers in Australia, and you look at Vic. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, you're back. You look at of uh, of health. Uh, it's just very, very growing, and there's there's, a, there's an awareness, there's an awakening, and uh, people are gravitating to it. So, uh, and we're grateful to be part of it. I think that's really amazing. And uh, I have, my question is then that you must find that really rewarding because I often think about like, you know, um, sorry. It's easier. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it easier. Uh, hopefully we're part of it, you know, even if we're not. It's- 
marketing and the business growth easier uh, because there's a, there's a bigger shift from the market. You know, whereas you know maybe two or three percent of the population were shopping in health and organic stores. Well, now you know it could be five or six percent. It's just growing, growing, growing. Yeah, and uh, I think that's fascinating. You know, I often ask myself this question as to whether there are more organic stores now or whether I'm just more aware of it. But more and more I feel like, no, they're actually like the stats are in. Like there are more people switching into this. If I go to a normal, like just a normal restaurant, they'll have like, not that, you know, chicken is ideal, but they'll, they'll, be, they'll, they'll make an attempt. Like it'll be free range or organically sourced. And, you know, they're actually trying to like make the effort that must be consumer driven as well as, you know, like um, creators such as yourself at some point trying to educate people as well as, you know, and then that being the, the feedback mechanism is really awesome. And, and one further now, the one further, I mean, how many most cafes and restaurants now will have a vegan option on the menu? Whereas before, I remember when I, when I went vegan, I think seven years ago, it was, you know, that old cafe and it was the sides of spinach, the sides of mushroom and avocado. <laughs> Bowl of chips, thanks. What did you fry that in? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely promising. It's definitely promising. So, in terms of all of this, um, now with ice cream coming on board, chocolate coming on board, um, let's say uh, you know, obviously, depending where you're at, and just a natural organic process, obviously organic. <laughs> but um, a, uh, a question that I've got is. If someone um, is on the start of their journey in terms of like really finding the courage to back them, you mentioned on like that they want to invest in anything for someone at the start of their journey. Yeah, I mean, stay true to yourself. I mean, you know, when you, when you enter the space, I remember you know they had so many people um, that had already done it in certain ways, give you the advice, and you think, okay, everyone's done it that way. You know, stick to your own path. Um, you know, take the advice, but really just believe in yourself and believe in your own intuition of what you're creating and, and you know, your intention, putting that out there. I think that's really powerful. Um, and, um, and backing yourself and, uh, you know, a bit of diligence on who you're going to partner up with if it's any distributors. I mean, that's always a, a great key. Um, and then the costings, it's so important to get your costings right from the beginning. Um, Quite often, um, I, had a, I had a previous business where I had some major clients, and this really helped with, with, with Hannah. Um, was we, you know, you had you dealt with Melbourne Airport, there were some of the big airports and some big, big uh, food chains. Um, it's getting your costings right because um, you know it's not only you know you start making something out of your own kitchen, uh, ensuring that you cost the ingredients incorrectly, but then also that you cost in your labour. And then you cost some because at some point you can't do everything yourself, mm. and you, you really you know need to you'll need to bring on team members and, and making sure that your your costings reflect that and you're allowed for that um, because then you find yourself you know a year later like, I've worked I've made so many products or you know, units and I'm really having not left with much money. Mm. It's because when you start to upscale and increase your volume, uh, that's when you know, not having the right price structure in from the beginning can, can bring you undone mm-hmm. and motivate you, really, um, because we it's not like you're necessarily driven by money, but, you know, if you can't, you know, just get your basic necessities out of it from, from a financial perspective. It becomes stressful. It can, it can, and it adds, adds that next layer of, of, of pressure and um, that, that initial intention and that joy that you went in with it um, starts to become undone. Ah, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, is there a message that you're just like, if we have the opportunity just to share, is there something you wish to share with the audience? 
Um, I mean, from my, it's just appreciation. It's gratefulness. Thanks for all uh, your listeners that uh, have been part of the Pana journey. Um, forever grateful for, um, for for all the all the people that I've met and all those who have shared the love that I've shared into into the product and continue to share. So for me, it's a it's a, it's an awesome journey. And, and thank you. And it's again, you know, we finally get to you know to, to actually chat and uh, you know again another beautiful soul that I get to connect with so grateful for that as well so uh, thank you so much for your time and energy and sharing with you today and your passions and all the yumminess that comes with that and also gratitude for like all the moments along the journey you know like to see you sharing all this with us now but obviously like all the moments that you had to show up on the day make it happen and uh, wishing you all the best for what's coming forward um for those that want to tune in um Anna has a beautiful website at pana-organic.com um and that's probably the best way to get in touch to the to the digital side of it and obviously get yourself a pocket bar they are yeah i'm i'm like i'll put it to you this way i don't want to go try the ice cream because i know once i do <laughs> i'm gonna be stuffed <laughs> and uh for those listening in my personal favorite is rose and a chocolate what's your favorite uh it's a, how do you separate your kids right um, <laughs> Let's leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I've got one last question, Pana, and uh, by no means it's my least question. Um, it's kind of esoteric in its nature, beyond the chocolate, beyond the name, beyond everything that you know people see. Who is Pana? Who is Pana? Um, uh, a person that's uh, absolutely um, in awe of his kids, um, loves spending every moment he has with them. Um, and uh, I'm just grateful. Um, no, again, I, I say grateful, but I am grateful for the people around me. Um, family is important to me. Um, so to me, spending time and cooking for the family um, is who Panna is. Um, you know, what does Panna want to do? He never wants to retire, but he just wants to grow his own, you know, veggies, make preserves, um, and just, you know, have lots of people around and uh, yeah, share great stories around fires. Oh, thank you so much for sharing your story around this fire today, brother. Such a pleasure to have you on. Hey, Tribe. Thanks for tuning in to another fun, enlightening episode of the Inspired Evolution. I've been loving all the feedback and personal stories of love, uh, health, and growth. Your feedback and stories are incredibly welcome. The easiest way to connect with me is via my website, which is www.amrit-sandu.com. You can leave me a message or a comment. It's one of my highest values to connect, so I love to connect and love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amrit Sandu. And if the content has been resonating with you, you can help the Inspired Evolution out in a big way by liking the YouTube channel, subscribing to the Inspired Evolution, or the Facebook page, like that please, at the Inspired Evolution, or by leaving a review on iTunes if you're on an Apple device. And also, if the Inspired Evolution episodes are inspiring an evolution within you, or you can feel the inspiration is valuable for your team to evolve to the next level, you can head on over to www.amrit-sandu.com to see how the Inspired Evolution can help you and your team thrive. Much love, tribe. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.